0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something
1: else. Pirates, vandals of Volcano Mountain, whatever it is, I will take them down. Because I am in a mood. I need to get something done, you know what I mean? The stone groove, my man. You are the most righteous. Yeah, right. Just get the fuck out, man. Let's go. Shit.
2: Come on. Welcome. This is the Dad Soul Extra Show. It's 60 minutes of fatherhood, funk and foolish. Irrelevant chat ideas for the pub, your WhatsApp group, the school run, everything in between. Um, I'm one of the hosts. My name is Dan Flanagan and I am joined by the epifescent, Jim Coulson. Fizzing all over the place. That's what I tend
3: to do. You're a bit like a soda stream that's got out of control, aren't you? <laughs> did you uh, did you have a soda stream back in the day? I mean, most people did, right? No. Oh, really? No, no, no. Two posh for me. Okay, right, fine. I don't realise who I'm dealing with now. Um, <laughs> there's a class divide here already, isn't there? Yeah. It? See, that's good. It's good to have differences, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you didn't really kind of play on those. We put milk in it once to try and get make fizzy milk. Uh, <laughs> How did that work? It's not recommended. <laughs> it's
2: not. Here we go. See, I told you it would be a relevant chat. Irrelevant? relevant? Irreverent. A Irreverent. Irreverent, that's it. So what we're going to do is record these every couple of weeks um, and just have a little chat about what it's like being a dad, what we like, what makes us laugh, and hopefully you might find it mildly entertaining or offending depending on your view of the world um jim should we talk about how we met because we've been working together now for
3: about seven years and we've never physically been in the same space no that's weird isn't it like i in many ways i quite like keeping that run going because it, it seems so ridiculous <laughs> the longer that we don't meet in actual person i think that will be uh be funnier It'll be odd because I don't know how you
2: smell, and if I meet you, I know how you smell. Not that you smell horrible,
3: obviously, but well, maybe you do. But you know the the texture and the feel of you. Yeah, there is something about that about knowing someone, isn't there? About being around someone, you, even if you don't really think about it, it's kind of subconscious. Go, oh yeah, I'm slightly concerned about that now. As well. <laughs> <laughs> if we do ever come to
2: the time where we do meet, you're going to be splashing on brute or old yeah. spice.
3: I, I did have some, um, I had some brute somewhere, but I think we might have got rid of it. We're like doing loads of decorating and renovating rooms and stuff, and I think someone needed to get the paintwork off. But, um, I mean, you're not actually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't brute actually; it was Yardley. Remember Yardley? Oh, that 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 was for um, ladies, wasn't it? I don't, know, I don't know i think this is very gentlemanly and i mean i never actually put it on um it was just that kind of a nice kind of cool vintage display thing but we literally did use it to strip some paint. <laughs> 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 and it was effective as well so
2: <laughs> well i i that is recycling and that is upcycling and uh I think there's
3: a YouTube channel there, isn't there? Scents from the 70s that will rip paint off. What can you do with your 70s scent? Yeah. Oh, if Henry Cooper was around, he could come on and... uh, Splash it all over. Oh, it'd be lovely. Really lovely. But no, genuinely, it's so funny that you said that because we genuinely did at one point. We didn't have any white spirit with us, so we just went, I'll see if this will work. Oh, it does. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) fine. The thing that you're cleaning then smells of 80s... (laughs) shave, but, you know, take the rough with the smooth, don't you? <laughs> it certainly took the rough and the smooth off, didn't it?
2: Exactly. So, So, yeah, oh, what way back when we started flirting on Twitter, I think, did you approach me one evening or did I approach you? I don't actually know what the story is.
3: I think it was you. I think you... I made s- the first move. You made the first move and I think you sent me a link to something that you'd written... Yeah. So I was doing some dad blogging at the time. And I, I looked at it and I enjoyed it. And I was working at a job where it wasn't stretching me. I had quite a lot of free time in the day. Having been sort of freelance all my life, really doing various things, I wasn't used to the idea of you having to sit there between nine and five, even if you didn't have any work to do. So one afternoon, I spent a long time looking through your old website, Don't Believe the Hype, and thoroughly enjoying it. And then uh, I think I tweeted something about it. And then we got in contact with each other, started chatting, doing video calls. Before, like, the COVID revolution in video calls, we were well ahead of the game. We were.
2: There was late. I remember sitting in my old, old office late at night where I think the, yeah, Don't Believe that was the first blog that I'd written. Um, and it was just there was a million and one moving blogs out there. And there was nothing that I could relate to, nothing that sort of represented me, shall we say, or the things I was interested in. So I just started writing and put it out there. And it was weird because then strangers seemed to like it. And that's odd, isn't it? You just I was just gas bagging in the evening, typing away because I was bored, sticking it out in the ether, and then, you know, I was like, oh, somebody actually quite likes it. So I was bit flattered and a little bit intimidated because then i started seeing all the stuff that you'd done as well as bewildered dad and i thought it was quite beautiful and quite charming and thoroughly funny very funny because you you were didn't you try to be a stand-up so let me rephrase this you were a stand-up
3: comedian at one point sellout at edinburgh i have performed stand-up comedy on a number of occasions i Started at the same time as uh, some really good... So I was just after Justin Morehouse started. So he was still doing some of the gigs I was doing. Uh, A bloke called Gary Delaney, who um, you will maybe have seen on... Yes. He's done all the TV shows. So me and him used to go to the same gigs together all the time, these big open mic gigs, doing five minutes. And it was quite... like Looking at how successful he's been now, I felt like I kind of got a little insight into him Early on, um, and so there were all these people—Shapika, uh, Sandy, maybe was, had been going a couple of years. Shazir Mertzer was there, and there were a load of other people who became quite big, and I did not. And I think it's unfair, really, if you know they're going to get this pass to stardom by just being talented and dedicated and hardworking, and and I don't get it by being a slob and not really working on my comedy. So I had. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the gigs. I enjoyed doing it, but I put no effort in. And unsurprisingly, these other people have gone on to be hugely successful. And I have not. Well, I think they slept their way
2: to the top, especially Gary Delaney.
3: Yeah, well, well, I mean, he is married to Sarah Millican, isn't he? So, is he really? Yes, he is.
2: I, I did not know that. Um, and obviously that is com- probably completely false. If any legal people are listening, <laughs> <laughs> just,
3: uh, just for the clarity. Uh, why did you not sleep your way to the top, gym? Um, Because I uh, I like to do things the hard way. Who um, are uh. part of the fun? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never. T- I've, I. You know what? I'm terrible at networking. Yeah, and I, don't, and I know you're quite a, a good sort of person for getting in there and talking to the right people and yeah. you know starting conversations. I'm really bad at it, and I think that's also why my radio career <laughs> failed as well. <laughs> I mean, I lasted a lot longer in radio. I lasted about 20 years, and I did get some pretty big gigs. Um, but also, by the same token, I could probably have done myself some more favours by not being a grumpy chuff and actually talking and schmoozing.
2: But, yeah, I, there is a bit of schmoozing that it has to be done, you know. I mean, I'm not always comfortable with it. Um, and I do, I suppose, I put my hat on, and I become Dan Soul. Yeah, that's very different to me as an individual when I'm at home in my pants with a pop noodle, you know, not wanting to talk to anybody. So I think there's two very different sides of my okay. it's, it's needs must as well,
3: I suppose, because if I do that- Yeah, when you rely on funding and rely on partnerships, you, you have to do that, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, I did used to go to, in a previous role, uh, a lot of business networking things, and I'd turn up late, and then go and hide in the toilet and then leave mm. you know maybe even spoken to one I was so socially awkward um and it was a pain because it was part of my role but I just like I hated it and I was hating the people I was having to talk to about stuff that wasn't very interesting you know no disrespect to accountants but when you've had 15 accountants pitch at you continuously trying to sh- shove their business cards down your throat so there needs to be something more to this world, um, but th- yeah, thankfully now I get to network with some interesting folks that are doing some good things.
3: So, and do you, do you still get nervous before you go into those things, or do yes, yeah. sort of something you know you can do?
2: Ah, oh, no, 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 no. no. It, well,
3: it, I suppose it depends on
2: the on the event and what the format and the the theme of the event is. Um, I suppose now the, the organisation and you know, I've, you know, I've got a little bit more profile, should we say. It's nice that people, you know, I tell you, there was a weird, weird thing. I went up to um, Houses of Parliament, like you do. Yes. The, Plan,
3: yeah, that one in, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. As a, a guest of Elliot Ray and for the Working Dads Awards. And i had been the year before and I felt like a massive imposter, like really awkward. Uh, I went this year and immediately sort of recognized somebody so I was able to go and talk to him and somebody else said oh you're Dan from Dad Dadlessoul you're a bit of a celebrity here and it really took me by surprise Mm -hmm. and then I sort of looked around the crowd and thought actually I've got a right to be here yeah we've earned our place in the the fatherhood conversation should we say Mm -hmm. Um, so it's I suppose slowly chip it away at that imposter syndrome. But for years, that was, that was heavy in my head, put it that way. People might say, oh, he's you know, very upbeat
3: and stuff like that. And it's actually, it's masking. It's something that you, you have to kind of work. I guess everything's a character, isn't it? That you, you know, whenever you do anything, whenever you write, whenever you perform, you have to channel a character. Because yeah, if I was to do stand-up comedy just as me, I mean, it'd be even worse than my actual stand-up comedy where I made an effort. I don't think it would be, though,
2: because uh, for the, the lovely listeners at home, we, 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 Jim and I have these sort of conversations. Uh, he's been volunteering and supporting Dadless Soul since the very start. So there's lots of creative ideas and sessions we have. But almost 15 seconds into every conversation, we randomly go off on any kind of theme and stuff. And it's really, really funny. And I think when you don't think about what you're saying or haven't planned
3: it, it's actually a lot funnier. Yeah. It's no pressure. If, if anyone's listened to the Dadless Soul Sessions or watched the live stream, where I'm constantly aware of the fact we have a lot to fit into this live stream. And there are timings that I vaguely need to stick to. And then I'll go, oh, well, let's have a chat with Dan. Let's just do interesting things about Dad soul and then we're talking about turkeys with hats on or something like that. <laughs> they realised, oh, well, everything's going to be late now, but this was quite funny. Yes. But it, it's it's human, isn't it? We don't need a script.
2: And we. It, I don't like the term being authentic because it sounds a bit inauthentic. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way I think. It. But it is a general... Actually, this is what we meet, and there are these certain people that you meet that you can be... Completely and utterly yourself and talk absolute cod And if anybody else was listening, which you now actually are, you know, they go, What the hell are these fellas on? But we've been our own little comedy bubble, I suppose.
3: I just find it really strange how that happens. You know, there are some people that you can really spark with. Some people where it just happens and the conversation goes and then there's some people where you're like, you know, you feel like you're walking through treacle to think of something else to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. To feel, uh, It's a bit like when I interviewed uh, Cheryl Cole. But, um, ooh! another ooh, ooh, Cheryl Cole. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me. She was, like, gossip. she was lovely and she was fine. She just didn't have a lot to say. And... There are some interviews where I'd go in and I'd have pages of notes and pages of questions and we'd talk about none of them. We wouldn't we wouldn't even touch any of them because the conversation would just fly, it would go all over the place. There are some, like Cheryl Cole, where it get to the end of the questions, like, oh, I've got 10 minutes with you. We've only taken two. Um, so that's I'm that's on me as the interviewer. Also a little bit on her as the interviewee. You could have asked her. In what world did... This sounds really
2: disrespectful. What world did she think she was so important that she was allowed just to have one name?
3: Yes. That's quite a big thing, isn't it? Because usually that's a decision made by other people, but she definitely marketed herself as just Cheryl.
2: Yeah. as uh, My partner's called Cheryl, and she was older than Cheryl Cole and is uh, older than Cheryl Cole, so she got there first. Mm. So if they were to have
3: to meet, I think there would be issues. Yeah. It's like my daughter and Disney, you know. She was born, uh, yeah. she was called Elsa. Three, three or four weeks later, Frozen comes out stolen and stealing her name. Was she happy about that? Uh she goes through waves of it. So once she got into Frozen, she really liked it. And now as she's getting older, I think she's a bit like I'm not so sure. It's gonna be one of those things, I
2: suppose, it's gonna. To- as she introduces herself, as I get older, people are going
3: to know that reference and pull out that soul. So she's going to be stuck with it forever. Yeah. There was one point when she was about two or three and it was at a soft play and there was a, an older lady kind of on the edge of the soft play calling to her daughter and she was going, Elsa, Elsa. And I was like, oh, you, you. granddaughter's Elsa. And she went, yeah, <laughs> she was born before Frozen, but... Uh, that, you know, it came along and stole the name. And I was like, me too! Same here! But I immediately thought... I immediately thought, even though I'd hate for people to think I named my daughter after a Disney film, uh, I immediately thought the worst of this, and no, I was wrong again. Uh, there could be
2: worse things to be called, though, couldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what about your other son, Pluto? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I want the names thing, actually. Seth, Seth is my son, and... Uh, He said the other day he didn't like the name Seth. He wants to be called Steve now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Was Seth named after the character from Emma (laughs) Farm? Well, I mean, in a
3: way, but in a way, not. Uh, It seemed like a nice Yorkshire name, and we live in Yorkshire, so we went for it. It's not got a root in Yorkshire. It's I think it's from the Bible, actually. but we didn't really look into that too much, which you'd have thought, having not looked into the name Elsa, we would have thought. <laughs> oh, you've got form, haven't you? Yeah. Um, it's only revealed to me in the last couple of years that my wife was pushing for Seth because she used to fancy uh, Seth from the OC. I don't know if you remember that particular team. Thankfully, I um, reckon it was Seth Armstrong from the Wallpack and she just- oh, oh,
0: yeah.
3: And one day he's gonna grow those big mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> that's a strong look that not many people can carry off isn't it no exactly that's it
2: do you like your name do i uh, yes i was named after my father and my grandfather um but as a a kid i was called daniel jr right uh and they were big shoes Mm. so there is a a bit of a shadow because my dad was very Good at what he did in sports and business and stuff, and it was always a high level to try and um, be like him. He was an accountant, and I actually ended up doing my work experience there, and it was sort of given that I would one day take over the family firm, but after about two hours of work experience, it became blatantly obvious that was never going to happen. <laughs> um, good to know no, then. <laughs> no, they, so... I was up in the studio with some of the guys, and as a drawing board, they're told oh, just sketch out these plans. It weren't. I couldn't even do a straight line. They <laughs> stuck me downstairs in the basement with an ammonia printer doing photocopies um, for two p ago. So I was oh. getting high off ammonia and printing out these uh, these drawings. So yeah, I think actually I, I was chatting to my lad about his name. He's called Nathaniel, which was a, okay. It's a bit like Daniel, but he's got his own spin on it. And there's um, a guy, I know, a rapper called Natty that I really liked. So I thought, oh, that's quite a nice name. And he said, oh, I think I would have liked to be called Daniel because I could have been like Daniel Flanagan Fourth. And it's like, that sounds like something out of JRU in territory, doesn't it? Doesn't it?
3: It's a real American kind of, yeah, a dynasty of... Uh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean... We're talking about Dallas and Dynasty, but no, a Dynasty Small D um of you know of, of Daniels coming along the yes. way. But also he has he's grown a bit of a
2: mullet, so he's halfway there as a bread oh. anyway. Nice. Yeah. It's not. But anyway, that's it. That that is random. That is random. Um so that's how we met. And we've been stuck about the last seven years. And you know, you still haven't subscribed to my only fans
3: which I'm taking personally. I was looking for the discount. If <laughs> you send me that discount code, then I'll be doing it. Or the only dance, as we call it. <laughs> yeah, they, they say um, not to talk to people on the internet, talk to, talk to strangers on the internet. It's worked out all right for us, hasn't it? It, it, it kind of actually. I, I've met a
2: lot of men on the internet. <laughs> uh, and some of them, like I have become really, you know, good friends. And probably we discuss more stuff than you know people in real life because i suppose there is that um that physical gap should we say but i know it, it's the chemistry or whatever so we decided to put that chemistry into a radio show and talk nonsense as you might have gathered uh for 60 minutes with a little bit of music with uh some special features um I don't know.
3: Actually, should we have a little musical interlude? Let's do that right now, yeah. This is five minutes of funk mix put together by our friend DJ Blade. Have a listen to this. Enjoy. For the listeners, the listeners, listen, this is for all, 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 all
1: Listeners, listen, this is for all, 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 all concerned. Fuck the fans for all the support. Fuck them for saving my life. Fuck them for opening doors. Kid up off the streets, of course Giving them a break of a lifetime like a Santa Claus Why you have to buy the tickets and turn up at shows I mean, I was comfortable when I was sleeping on floors And I was limited to things that I could eat back then When you decided to enter my life and be my friends And gave me the food to eat on a regular basis Fuck you for giving a face to this frick that's faceless Fuck your mom for the money she loaned When nobody gave a shit when I was all on my own When I was flat on my face and I was gone beyond broke Sharing the breadcrumbs with the mice and the rats It's not a joke Why the fuck was that bitch there for me? Became my sister then Said make a record I could capture all of them So I did lyrical maniac Created with blood, sweat and tears Life of an artist over 25 years I got to say thanks to those that never supported And fuck the fans that were there before I aborted And fuck you for the house that I bought And for the kids that I was able to feed Thanks to those who disagreed you for the yearly vacations, fuck the radio stations, fuck my agents, and fuck you for your patience, why I do you have to buy my records, off for my autograph, snap a couple of pics to make the memory last, and fuck the fans for being a family I never had, fuck them for keeping me sane while others turn turned mad around me, and thanks to Facebook, your dickheads have found me, I mean it when I say this, fuck you, proudly. and yeah, fuck the producers, engineers, and the DJs that I worked with over the years, for the faith that you had in me, for the stepping stones you provided, for the guidance that you gave for turning this kid into a master from a slave into the grave with his ripped up jeans fuck the fans for taking his young man's dreams and making them reality who the hell asked you to. while them other artists out there were prostitutes and a big thanks to those who never bought none of my albums and a bigger thanks to those who tried to mess things up you failed back to the fans fuck you for buying my merchandise fuck you for recognizing the hunger in my eyes fuck you for the bank account went red to black and fuck you in here even when I turn my back and fuck you for the cars and the clothes fuck you for the future you provided and for keeping my family close and you'll never know how long I really waited to say this fuck all you DJs I dare you play this this is for the listeners tell them this is for the listeners listen for the listeners for the listeners for the listeners tell them this is for the listeners 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 this is for all all, 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 all Because, uh, uh fuck you. Blade. Here's a sober reflection. We never said use your initiative and go independent. We didn't beg you for the music delivered in blind faith. Dragging us out of depression to a superior mind state. You don't see the signs, mate. Storms are brewing, I guess. I'll oh, instill in the skills that helped us build in a rep. Accruing respect, because you supplied the spirit. Turning ordinary citizens into rams that kill it. The styles you were spilling, they turn me dark and sinister. A pit bull that'll grip you, rip you apart, then finish you with no compromise. The dawning of the long away to where the shark met the perron. And their souls were confiscated Conversation ended Cause it wasn't sincere A silence is better than bullshit When there's nothing to hear So the coming is near From strength to strength it goes Now watch the hardest working line As it ends its force Cause stepping forward I perform with direction I'm screaming at the fat cats I'm going independent Ordering redemption The maniacs got bars So get in line and recognise I'm taking back the art To take a stand and start Slapping egos 100% I'm as fearless as they come See the dealers seeking ropes if you persist to be sly Getting right up in your face like This is my life So listen right guys You better clear the way And make space for a mind bomb That's here to stay Rough around the edges Embracing the unknown a universal pleasure elevating you to grow, not afraid of a fall. Gonna take it to the edge and right here, right now, I'm a danger to the rest. Engaging as it gets and that's the way it has to be. A hostile takeover, so I came to smash the beats. Now I'm taking back the streets like you shit from the world. Lad. I sit and reminisce about you spitting your work, man. So fuck you, Blade. I never asked to be your fan. It's an absolute piss take and I'm not having your demands. This is for the listeners. <laughs> Tell <them. laughs> this is. For the, listeners, for the listeners, listen, this is for all, 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 concerned For the listeners, tell them, tell them This is for the, for the listeners, for the listeners, listen This is, this is, this is, this for, for all, all concerned Yeah, fuck all you fans for giving me a future For making it possible for me to provide for my children Fuck all of you for giving me the opportunity And a life that many only dream about Forget me a house. You made all of that possible. All you motherfuckers, all you dickheads, you made that possible. Fuck the fans. Fuck you. Yo, Jake, what do you reckon?
0: Well, I'd say the fans too, but I'm not
1: allowed. So, yeah, it was a lovely
2: little musical load from one of our lovely DJ family. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Um, you can tell that I don't know which
3: mix Jim's going to edit in, can't you? Because I. Think, oh. Was it that obvious? I'm going to put something really terrible in instead and then you're going to look like a rightful. It wouldn't be. Uh, we are very, very fortunate within the, the Dadless Soul community
2: that uh, we have a lot of talented DJs and dads that used to be DJs that produced their own music and create mixes. So we put a little call out and um, we'd have five minutes of funk to, um, just so we got a chance to go and get a cup of tea, I suppose. And... Um, Talking about music, Jim, mm-hmm. you've
3: been to a big gig, haven't you? It was so good. I went to see uh, Spice Girls. I went to see the Spice Girls, yeah. Um, Blue. Big scary Spice fan. So, yeah. N-dubs. and <laughs> I once introduced Endubs on stage, I'll have you know. <laughs> How did that work out? fine. So, here's Endubs, and they came on stage. <laughs> Um, it was better than when I tried to introduce the Saturdays before them, and I was told it was a closed stage. I was like, Yeah, I, but I am the host of the gig. And they went, No, it's a closed stage. And as the Saturdays walked past, with Wayne Bridge as well, he yeah. walked in. All right. And then I was there going, okay, well, what I don't know what I can do. So I don't think I introduced the Saturdays in the end, but I did introduce end ups. But this is not, this is not the gig that I went to. What was it? I'm enthralled. The Mighty Pulp. Uh, I think if you're looking at bands from the Britpop era, and I know that's a tough thing to, dis- to describe and dis- distill, especially because Pulp had been around for about 15, 20 years before that, before yep. getting any kind of success. I think they are the standout band from that era. Forget your Blurs, forget your Oasis, forget your supergrasses They were all fine. Pulp. Are uh, the bands? The just oh, everything about them—the music, the frontman Jarvis Cocker is a just a, an absolute presence. The satire, the lyrics—it's just amazing. And I was very excited to go to Finsbury Park to see them. Who else was on the bill? On the bill there was Wet Leg, um, yep. and there were some other people who I didn't get to see because we only got down to London quite late. Yep. But uh, Wet Leg were pretty good. But what, you know what they do with these big gigs? They always make it so the sound for the support acts is all right. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. And Wet Leg sounded fine. Quite like the music. Um, but it was also one of those things where we just got in, we were trying to find the bar. The cues for the bar were just ridiculous. Yeah, and at yeah, that yeah. point, we were like, why didn't we go and see him in Yorkshire? Because they've played a load of dates in Yorkshire, near where we live, including uh, Scarborough Open Air Theatre, which would have been nice. Or or, You could have skateboarded there, couldn't you? Could have done, yeah, exactly. The hometown of Sheffield we could have gone to. We could have gone to Bridlington Spa, which is a beautiful old venue. Um, But we thought, because we used to live in Finsbury Park in London, we thought we'd have a nice time down in London with our mates. Didn't really work out because we had too much to do here, so we had to just, like, go to London and come back straight away. Yeah. Um, And it was a bit like, the queues are too big. We're not going to get any booze. It's one of those where you have to queue for about three quarters of an hour and then come away with as much beer as you can hold. (laughs) You don't want to get back in that queue again anytime soon. But we then found a space. And actually, as soon as they came on, oh, my goodness, it was just – it was – it was the best gig I've been to in years and years. It was. Was it the biggest gig you've been to in years as well? Yeah, I guess it was the biggest gig I've been to for a long time. Um, oh, I suppose. have before? I've seen Paul, yeah. So I saw them maybe late 90s, early 2000s. Mm. Um, then, yeah, definitely I saw them early 2000s again in Sherwood Forest, which was really exciting, because they were doing the, you know, they they did the album about the environment and plants and stuff like that. Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah, it wasn't their best album. It's got some bangers on there, but um, it was, yeah, it was really nice. They they were doing gigs in forests, which was good. Then sort of went away for a bit. Then I saw them at Leeds Festival. Mm. Then i have not seen them for, you know, 10 years or something until the other week. And it was just, yeah, it was, they are, Uh, on form, absolutely played the hits, right? Which I know sometimes, you know, I've loved Pulp for ages and I've got a lot of their albums and I wouldn't have minded some kind of lesser album tracks but actually it just works. They just played the hits. They played mostly off Different Class and His and Her. They played one off This Is Hardcore, which actually is an underrated album. Played a couple off We Love Life and then well, if people are still going to go and see them on the tour, I won't give away what the encore is, but that's pretty special as well. There is a
2: line that, you know, you get to certain, see certain bands and they want to introduce new material, obviously, mm. but you're just tapping your feet going, yeah, just play that one song. one, Just one song. Yes. Yeah. Forget about everything else. So they, it's kind of, they knew their audience and they played really well. I I was trying to think, I think I might have seen Pulp. I can't actually remember. Oh, uh, really? That That's how bad it was bad my memory is uh these days but fortunately i've got this big box in my um in my bedroom where i've actually stored loads of gig tickets
3: oh no there's such a shame about qr codes now is that you don't get that ticket that's such a positive thing isn't
2: it yeah you want your memory to look back or the wristband or whatever and yeah some of them a going going back is a quite a beautiful memory because you remember who you were who you were actually with, you know, the, the people you were going out with, your mates at the time, how cheap they were. <laughs> you know, I think we uh, my big, first big gig was The Who at Hyde Park doing Quadravenia at the, I think it was 94, and it was 100,000 people. And it was, um, who else was there? Gary Glitter was on there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but it, it was kind of, because obviously Britpop was sort of Incredibly linked with the resurgence of mod. Mm. So it was a great thing. I love Quadrafinia. But yeah, I saw all these great
3: bands. Oh, Clapton was there um, and it was 10 quid. Whoa. I mean, even with inflation, that's probably a bargain, right? It, it
2: really, it really was. But it, I think it was for me personally to go to London and to a, a gig of that size, I would have been really nervous beforehand. Mm-hmm. But there was a, a nice group of mates that I went with. We got absolutely hammered. And it was really enjoyable. And it showed that I, I could go to these gigs, not get mugged, you know, and get home. All of the sort of stories that maybe I'd tell myself beforehand of reasons why I couldn't go. Mm. I became a lot more confident and it opened up the door um, to some really good ones. I went to see uh, a different thing, Pablo Natini uh, on Saturday courtesy of another Dad Lasoli, Adam, that he does his backdrops in his visuals. Um, And that was really lovely. It was only 5,000 people, Um, but it were people just shouting for new shoes, new shoes, (laughs) new shoes. (laughs) And he was doing some quite beautiful acoustic stuff. And it was just, I think it was something quite magical about being stood outside on a summer's day Mm. with good music you know, that I, I realise that's my happy place and I need to do more of it.
3: Uh, yeah, certainly. I We've not been to as many gigs uh, recently as we should have done. And, uh, and there is something really special about it. Is
2: that the expense or the organisation that it takes with the children and babysitters and everything,
3: or just that you're lazy? It's uh, probably a bit of all of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, it is expensive now. Gigs are really expensive. And particularly having been in radio for so long and... My wife was in. Uh, she worked at MTV for a while, and we got to go to a lot of gigs for free for a long period of time. Yeah. Now having to pay for them is quite bad. And also, the, the prices have gone up. I mean, we went to see Bruce Springsteen in Paris. Uh, oh, a few, wow! A few weeks ago, and <laughs> just dropping that in there. Oh yeah, it was good. But you know, that was an expense. But it was probably not that much more expensive than seeing him in Birmingham. And to be honest, where would you choose? Paris or Birmingham, sorry. Birmingham, every time. Of course, yes. Yeah. More canals than Venice, that's what they say. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're magical
2: memories, I suppose, as well. Wasn't that for, that was for a big birthday as well.
3: Yeah, it well, it's for Jill's birthday. She had a significant birthday in COVID, so we decided that we would revisit that uh, in Paris. So We went to Paris for a few days and we just, yeah saw Bruce Step. He's one of those that have seen quite a few times now. I want to go and kind of see him every time he plays because every time you think it's got to be his last tour. So, you know, he's, well, he's mid-70s now and he can't be playing three-hour tours for three hours every night on tour for that long. I've noticed he's, he seems to have a day off between his gigs, which I think is pretty sensible. I would beat that now, not 70. Is it true, though,
2: you left your kids to go feral without any grown-up Sort of thing and they went a bit like Lord of the Flies Was <laughs> that just a rumour that I'd made
3: up? Just a rumour that you have made up and right. if social services are listening, it's not true We've you just gave it. them a soda stream and some milk, some
2: popcorn and just said look we'll be back in a few days you'll be fine, there's the TV controls knock yourself out
3: the grandparents are looking after them, so they might as well have just <laughs> <given them laughs> sugar. We just sugar them up, and that's it. Shoveling sugar into their mouths—it's fine, it's fine. It's the grandparents' job, right, is to do. Yeah. It. So
2: these classic kids—who haven't you seen that is still on your wish list? And would it live up to the expectation? That's the other thing.
3: Hmm. I'm not sure. So I'd, I would like to see. Uh, I guess I'd like to see someone like the Rolling Stones just to see what they do nowadays. Hmm. I've not seen them before. There's not many bands that I absolutely love that I've not seen yet. I really want to see self-esteem. I've got tickets to go and see her in a few weeks. It would be quite interesting to see some of the kind of really... the huge bands that I've not seen. I've spent a lot of time in, you know, little cider-drenched floor clubs watching smaller bands. There is
2: something special. I, i I think it was Bridges to Babylon that I went to see with the Stones. And yeah, the the whole production was absolutely out of this world. It was theatrical. Yeah. Uh, And that does make it magical. But also you think that this, as they get older, this could be the last time. You know, Elton John's just retired. Mm. Um, And I've never seen Elton John. I'd really like. But then I suppose there is something, you know, nicer about those more intimate gigs because you're not spending four hours at the bar you can get to the loos i can make the last bus home um which a priority actually there's a gig i'm going to on saturday oh sorry sunday and it's from three till seven on a sunday afternoon which is just perfect brilliant absolutely in for that definitely. they they know their audience yeah it's, it's great we can have our sunday roast pop down there for a few hours we're going to see loads of old mates i haven't seen Oh, some of them for about 20 odd years. Um, so that'll be really enjoyable. Um, well, should we have a little bit of music? Let's play
3: Paul.
4: had boys in her room. I listened outside, I heard her alright. Well that was alright for a while. The soon I wanted more. I wanna see as well as here, and so I
0: I hid inside her wardrobe, and she came home round four. With some kid called David And from the garage up the road I listened
4: outside, I heard her Alright. I wanna take you home I wanna give you children You might be my girlfriend Yeah, 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 yeah When I saw you next day I really couldn't tell she might go and tell your mother
0: And so you went with me Oh yeah, me was coming on And I thought I heard you laughing When well, it's the moment that we're gone I listen outside, I heard you
4: Couldn't last too long I came home one day a all the things were gone.
0: I fell asleep inside I never heard her come Oh, I opened up the wardrobe And I had to get it on, yeah Oh, listen I oh, hope we were on the bed When you came home I heard you stop outside the door
2: So uh, we are back after a little bit of Britpop bangers. Um, we've got a couple of features coming up that we decided we spent hours on this production. I have to say, I've I've told evening after evening after evening. We haven't just put a Google Doc together <laughs> in four minutes and just slapped down the first ideas that came to head. I'd, I'd hate you to think about that. That would be really below us. It, it it would be. We, we owe it to you as listeners, even if it is three of you listening, uh, to give our hearts and souls to this. So, um, got a little bit, a little feature. It's struggle and celebrate. So, Jim, I would like to know what you are struggling and any wins that you would like to celebrate.
3: Currently, um, struggling with tiredness. It's, I know that's kind of like a parenting constant. But yeah, at the moment, I, you know sometimes when you can catch up with your tiredness. At the moment, we've got quite a lot on and it's not. So it's one of those things where really the middle of the afternoon, if you are a client of mine and you're expecting me to do some work in the middle of the afternoon, I can just say it might take a little bit longer than normal whilst I just rest with my head on my hand for a little bit <laughs> and cry and cry. <laughs> you can see why, I, I, you know, I don't want to overplay how tired I am, but you can see how sleep deprivation is a torture technique, right? Because it does matter, yeah. right? It does. If you don't get enough sleep, it really wipes you out sometimes. It's a quality of sleep um, as well.
2: But same I was, as a, a, a swimming beach sauna group that I go to for courtesy of another dadless Saltley, and there was a lad I was talking to there he started intermittent fasting okay um so you only eat in a small window and he said since he's been doing that uh, after first week he no longer needs his afternoon naps
3: oh right okay so
2: it's, it's a lot a lot linked you know to your your diet and the the processed foods that you're going in but the fact that you you know you're quite heavy, and I'm too quite partial to an afternoon nap. Um, I'm not too sure about intermittent fasting because you know not eating after eight o'clock. where's all of those biscuits, you know, if I don't eat the biscuits, I'm going to eat. People will lose their jobs. Yeah, exactly. I can't be responsible for that. The good thing with um, foxes,
3: what are they going to do?
2: E- exactly. So yeah, it might be something to look at. Mm. Is what your diet is, what your sleep hygiene is okay sleep
3: hygiene that's sounds- how sleep
2: hygiene so that is what your bedtime routine is right you know are you stuck on the screen is your phone nearby you know is the surrounding space that you sleep in peaceful and calming mm-hmm. you know there was a bit where from the from my bed or a bit of intimacy i could see the back of the sort of bedroom door and i had loads and loads of coats on the back of the bedroom door. So kind of the last thing I saw at night and the first thing was clutter.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So I got rid of those and I cluttered up another area of my flat. Yes, yeah, but not one
3: that you see first thing and last thing, yeah.
2: No, and I have bedtime stories, so I'm a big fan of uh, audiobooks. Mm. So you think as a child, you get into to sleep with bedtime stories. And I I suffered from insomnia for best part of a decade. Now I don't. So, you know, the stuff, yeah, diet, there's kind of exercise, I suppose, and sleep hygiene, making those smaller adjustments can be really useful.
3: Well, so- Follow me for more sleep tips, Dr. Dad. It's interesting, and that kind of fits in with my celebrate the wins. Go on. Right? Because hopefully my sleep hygiene will be slightly better now because we have just, just after a year of having stuffed onto the house – First of all, by a cowboy who almost destroyed the house, and then you had Clint Eastwood round. You didn't mention that, did you? Oh my goodness! It was more like Clyde the orangutan. <laughs> right turn. And... There's a reference for the kids, isn't it? It's really is. Um, uh, We've finally got our new sleeping space, which is a lot less cluttered and a lot more kind of. Um, conducive to rest and relaxation yeah. and we're really trying hard not to clutter it we love a vintage thing in this house and we love to clutter up with stuff and yeah. we're really trying hard not to do that but we're out of like decorating nightmares in our room we're into a nice there's still some decorating to do but which is part of the tiredness because no time to rest yeah um, but yes but I can see that this sleep hygiene, the sleep environment has got, has got a lot better and hopefully that is going to start paying dividends once we've got rid of this extra bit of decorating we need to do and hopefully can relax more into that nice environment and yet wake up and go, oh yeah, this is nice, rather than, oh God, there's so many things we have to do. Yeah, that's it. If your brain is cluttered, you're never going to rest, is it? No, exactly. So my win is basically after a year, after a lot of money, a lot of stress and that, we're on the home straight, and I actually have an office to work in and everything. That's it. That deserves
2: uh, some sort of celebratory klaxon. OK, let's do that. Boom,
3: boom, 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 boom. Tell you what, let, let me do the... I think I might have one. <laughs> so are you struggling with anything?
2: Uh I am, actually. I realised today when I picked my son up, will Be the last time I'm going to pick him up from primary school because next week he is only school play and the week after they would have broken up. No way, so I only pick him up on a, on a Tuesday, so it just I was just looking at my diary and actually today's going to be the last day at primary school that I, I will pick him up. Whoa,
3: that's a really big thing. How's he dealing with the step up? Um, he's all right actually. We went to see the school
2: last week uh to get them acclimatized and to meet the teachers he loves it His best mates in his class with him from um even though they don't go to the same primary school they're 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 pretty sort of next door neighbors so they've grown up together um they've got amazing sporting facilities so he's looking forward to all of that it will be a big i don't think he realizes he gets there at the moment he's a big fish in a very small pond Mm. And he's going to go into two thousand teenagers that are full of hormones and hairs and stuff like that. Um, so at the moment, he seems to be taking it straight. I think me and probably his mum, if I spoke to her about it, a bit more emotional because it is—it's a, a big step.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of life, isn't it? A lot of life is spent through that primary school, you know, interacting with it, getting endless emails from them, having to do endless admin for them um and then yeah all of a sudden that's it done on to the next one
2: yeah so i might um take him out for a, a celebratory tea i don't know that's what i would i would struggle with tonight but i also celebrate that i suppose in a way um we have just before we came on air i got an email about some funding so we'll be opening up another two dadless old locations in lewis and in shoreham which fills me with joy, but also fills me with a load more headaches. It's okay I'm coming up with these wonderful project ideas. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's got actually got to do the work. Oh um, yeah. But I will probably suggest to the funders that we do not start that till September so we get the, the school holidays out of the way. So I can have a little bit of a a break. But that you know, it's it's great because it means we can help more dads, they can have some really interesting play dates because this one the title of it is called history is no mystery to me so we're gonna have play dates in a maritime museum with the idea that one of the events is they do sea shanties um we also work with a, a brilliant youth music charity called audio so i thought oh, i will bring some rappers down and we could do some rap versions of sea shanties amazing
3: so that's got tick tock sensation written all it, over it. it just generally generally does and the other venue is um Anne of Cleves house you know
2: henry the way henry the apes ex-wife
3: oh yes
2: uh so it's a beautiful venue over in lewis and the idea is that it's just round the corner from lewis football club who are doing some amazing work on equality in sport so we can go to anna Cleves house stick our vr headsets on and go to kids, oh, you know, this is what life was like in when Henry the lived here, you know. Mine is the, the beheadings,
3: yeah. Okay,
2: all of that. And then take it off and go, Oh, look, that's the bed that you might have slept in. Celebrate some you know, powerful women of the past, and then in the afternoon we can go and watch Lewis Football Club and celebrate some strong, positive women of the future.
3: Nice. Oh,
2: that's nice. Really, really good. It, it's, it's an interesting concept and it's with the uh, the national trust as well so there is you know traditionally maybe there's a narrative it's only the middle class families that use the national trust mm-hmm. and take the kids out on a sunday i believe technology and history and everything should be open to absolutely everybody yeah. so you can come along to these events and you don't have to pay you know that'd be quite nice so i'm, I'm celebrating that uh, but then rejigging my sleep, uh, my sleep hygiene because I'm going to be
3: bloody knackered. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, the sense of overwhelm, you need to tackle that before you get there. As, uh... y- y- yes, mum. Thank you
2: very All much. Right. Mum. I-, I do that. Um So, yeah, that's it. I think that's pretty much. We've got some – this is the first episode of Dadless Soul Extra. If you want to listen back, there is a huge archive of the Dadless Soul sessions that Jim – uh presents and edits and produce with some really, really fascinating guests uh, that are well worth, you know, half an hour of your time like this.
1: I would look at the segmentation of who does what, um, like tackling, tackling the domestic as something that is part of parenting is crucial as far as I'm concerned. So a lot of the notion of fatherhood is around the playmate and the assistant to the real domestic person, which is the woman. That's the narrative. I would, I would argue that that's actually holding fathers back hugely. It's Obviously, it, it, it can help <laughs> mm. men's lives, but as fathers, it's not very helpful.
2: I just was running at the problem, thinking that I, I can just work and fight my way out of any corner I'm in. And ultimately that's so short term because it burnt me out. Mm. That attitude burnt me out. It led me to a crisis with alcohol and drugs. And if I hadn't gone and got help and got through that, then it you know, who knows it might have it might have killed me. It might certainly have ended my marriage and my role as a, as a father. So that's a good example. I came very close, and I, uh, you know, if I could go back in time and tell myself at that point, I'd be like, listen, nothing's more important at this stage than you actually just getting some rest, stepping away, addressing the this situation, the lifestyle that is making you have to self-medicate to this degree. So Jim, that, were, that was episode one. We, we spent months on this, absolutely months of hard work, planning, the, the, the production
3: budget alone, since six figures, yeah, I mean, it really is. It's, this is like Jean Michel Jarre's doing the soundscape. And well, you forget Bridges to Babylon, you know, that that looks a bit, you know, half assed if I'm honest, compared to this. Makes it look a bit final tap, if anything, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> final tap of us. <laughs>
3: Nobody's going to listen and go, No, let's not do this ever again. Should we finish with a dad joke? Because I feel like that's the sort of thing we should do. I think that's a really nice
2: way to end. So people, get your pens and paper ready because you can steal
3: this and claim it as your own. Why did the baker have smelly hands? No idea. Because he needed a poo. (laughs) Yeah, that just sums up the level of production here, doesn't it? I think if if people like to like and subscribe Um, and share with their friends, please, you could do that. And I tell you what, if we get enough likes, reviews, subscriptions, I'll never tell another joke again. Yeah.
2: No, I I think there's lots of reasons to subscribe, but because in the upcoming episodes, we've got a range of, uh, I know you're sort of, I was taking the Mickey earlier, but we have got some really good ideas for features and interesting conversations to have. So if you need a relevant chat ideas for the pub, or the WhatsApp group, or the school run, or just to make you maybe sleep better as part of your sleep hygiene, you could listen to me
3: and James with our calming, soothing voices. Sleep hygiene is definitely what I'm going to take away from this episode. <laughs> it's genuinely fascinating and generally going to find out more information on that. So thank you for that. I've learned something, so hopefully other people have. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, this is the Dadless Extra extra time, and it's
2: 60 minutes of fathered, funk, and foolishness. Until next time, boys and girls, peace out.